you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 16. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will allay in the line and righteousness to the plummet. And the hell shall sweep away the refuge of lies. And water shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall not stand when the overflowing scourge shall pass through then ye shall be trodden down by it from the time that it goeth forth it shall take you for morning by morning shall it pass over by day and by night shall it shall and it shall be a vexation only to understand the report for the bed is shorter than that a man can stretch himself on it, and the covering narrower than he can wrap himself in it. A little different text this morning, and I want to I want to draw from this text and speak to you into your hearing this morning on the subject short beds and narrow blankets short beds and narrow blankets would you pray with me that the lord would help us this morning god we come in to your presence now with your word and i pray this morning god that you would meet with us speak through your servant this morning god i pray you minimize distractions god help us to be focused on what you are doing this is spiritual work and a moment, oh God, in which we need to be intent about what you are doing. God, let us lay aside everything that may hinder us this morning and focus, oh Lord, on what you are wanting to do in our midst. And God, we thank you for it and give you honor and give you praise in the wonderful and lovely and matchless name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you today. You can be seated. This is a powerful and prophetic scripture declaring the end of the Old Covenant 
and the beginning of the new covenant. It heralds the message of the arrival of Christ and speaks of his redemptive work that was to be done. The obvious point of our text is the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant, which proves that man could not live up to the rigorous law of the Old Testament and gives us access to Christ and grace through the new covenant that is found only through Jesus Christ. This text puts this narrative in terms that can be easily understood. The word picture declares that the covenant with death and hell be broken. In Bible times, a covenant was the highest form of trust. When one makes a covenant with another, it was a covenant was not broken, it was kept. There's something that God placed within man that makes it difficult for us to see a covenant broken. Particularly when that covenant may be something that would work against us. So the word picture here puts this narrative in terms that can be easily understood. It declares a covenant with death and hell, and it declares that this covenant with death and hell will be broken. Now, under the covenant of law, a man's wrongdoings could ultimately lead to his death. It may be a stoning, but it could ultimately lead to his death. At least to his demise, or even, even worse. The breaking of the law could literally be like making a covenant with death and with hell. One without hope would have no recourse, no prescription to alleviate the pain, no remedy for sin, no response to the penalty of death. It was the end. It was final. The covenant broken could mean the tragic death of even the leader of a home or a family or the leader of, a, of an adult child. I, I pick up at the point to say today that the enemy has fooled many of us into believing that our destiny is one of misery and despair. Your adversary would love for every one of us to believe that we are on a crash course with death and with hell. 
our text declares, and they have made a covenant with death and with hell. Lies have become their refuge. But I come to tell you today that Jesus Christ came along and canceled the agreement with death and with hell. Death and destruction is not God's plan for your life. You were supposed to die lost, but Jesus Christ painted himself into the landscape and the canvas of your life's portrait. The agreement that you made with death and with hell has been canceled by the blood of Jesus Christ. The door of salvation has swung open on its rusty hinges and the the curse has been broken off of you and you no longer have to live under the idea that death and hell is my lot in life. You can make lies your refuge and tell yourself that you can never live for God. You can never serve God. But you'll never find any real refuge in that lie that is sent from hell. The Lord of heaven sent this preacher to this pulpit today. As a matter of fact, I woke up very, very early this morning I had prayed last night and said, God, I need a fresh word to speak to the people today. Having dealt with sickness throughout this week, I was very exhausted last night. And I laid my head on the pillow, began to try to read, and quickly realized I was drifting off to sleep. So I rose early this morning and I said, God, I'm desperate to hear from you today. I need a word to speak to the hearts of the people. And the Lord laid this on my heart and began to open my mind to the concept that I'm bringing to you this morning. And I believe he sent me here today to tell someone that the curse of sin has been broken off of your life. I didn't just say that for a hand clap this morning. But somebody came in this morning believing that the addiction that you're struggling with is greater than the God that's able to break that addiction off of you. And you believe that the curse that you have carried with you from your family childhood is greater than God's ability to be able to break it off of you. But I rise to this pulpit today to tell you that the curse of sin was broken when Jesus Christ stepped on the scene. Satan is filling your mind with lies and telling you that death and hell is your refuge. But I come today to tell you that God is my refuge and strength a very present help in time of trouble. I came this morning to tell you that he will hide you in his own pavilion. The issue is when we begin to agree 
with a covenant that hell has placed upon our lives. When we begin to agree with it and declare it and say it's mine, putting ownership to it. It's my sickness. It's my condition. It's my upbringing. It's my lot in life. That's the lie of hell. It's my addiction. It's my future. That's the lie that Satan is wanting you to come to agreement with. Because when you begin to take ownership of it and declare it and say it is yours, when the doctor tells you you have cancer, you don't have to begin to declare and say, my cancer. Mm -hmm. Can I preach where you are this morning? I know it's Sunday morning and some of you need to wake up a little bit, so I'll try to wake you up if I may by agitating you just a little bit. But when you get to the point, some of us loves the attention enough that we run and every little thing the doctor says, we take ownership of it. Well, you may have, and we automatically say it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. I get to tell everybody what's wrong with me because the doctor said it may be. Why don't you begin to curse that word in the name of the Lord and declare, I refuse that. By his stripes I am healed. I don't have a covenant with death and hell. Jesus Christ came that I may have life and have it more abundantly. I'm not telling you you're never going to be sick. I'm not telling you the doctor is always wrong. But I'm coming this morning to tell you it's not your lot in life to accept everything the devil wants to put on you and tell you everything that comes down the pike is your agenda to to suffer with the rest of your life. You need to put it behind you and declare, My mama may have dealt with it. My grandmama may have dealt with it. My dad may have dealt with it. My grandpa may have dealt with it. But I refuse to make it my own. I am going to stand firm and declare in the name of Jesus, he has broken the curse off of my life. I don't have an agreement any longer with death and hell. It has been disannulled. It has been broken. Our text is declaring to us that the curse of sin has been broken. And everything the enemy meant against you, God has reversed. The plot of the enemy will ultimately be reversed on your adversary. My dad used to say, son, now be careful. I'd be upset about something, talking to him about something, telling him how I was going to handle a situation. And often my dad didn't tell me how to handle it. He would just say, son, now remember when you make that bed, you've got to lay in it. Remember, son, when you choose to live your life mistreating people, you're going to live in that bed that you're making. You choose to live your life, you're going to lay in the bed that you make. I, I never really knew that this idea was founded in the ancient text. The image represents vividly a policy that ended in failure. 
Hezekiah's counselors had spoken against the people of God and they had made an agreement with the Egyptians that would ultimately lead to the death of God's people. And it would be a life filled in objective terms using the words such as hell. It would be it would be a life of hardship and struggle for God's people. The prophet used these terms that draws a descriptive image that they may have made their own beds and that they would have to lay in the bed in which they had made. The problem is, is that the bed that they had made would not meet their own wants. Can I pause for a moment to tell you, you'll never be able to want something bad enough to make it happen. If you want it bad enough, you're going to either make a change or either you're going to work for it until you reach the point of being able to acquire it. Wanting never makes anything come into existence. This agreement, the prophet is saying, was going to be reversed on them and their own life, the life of those who was speaking and making agreements against the people of God. He is saying the people that are the negotiators, those that are working against the people of God, these key negotiators are going to, they, they have made agreements to try to destroy God's people. And the prophet of God comes along and he said, the bed that you're building for the people of God to live in, there is about to be a reversal of everything that you have put on the people of God. And he says, I'm going, everything, everything that you have built for them, the bed that you have built for them to lay in, God is going to reverse it and you are going to have to lay in the bed. And the problem with the bed that you have built for them is that you know and I do know that you have built it to be a miserable bed. Can you imagine a bed that would be too short for your body? Can you imagine trying to sleep on a bed that was made for an infant? Can you imagine trying to lay down every night on a bed that was not made for you. It was a bed that was too small for you. He said, try to stretch out your body on a bed that is too small for you. He said, you're going to try to wrap yourself and warm your body on a cold night with a blanket that is too narrow to be able to even stretch from side to side. You, you've made some things. You have, you have pointed some things toward the people of God. And God is about to reverse some things. And when God reverses them, you're going to have to sleep in the bed and you're going to have to try to warm yourself and it's going to be a miserable reminder of what you have done to God's people. And of course he's prophesying of what is going to happen to the enemy when Jesus Christ comes on the scene. 
Of course he begins to tell them when Jesus Christ comes and breaks the old covenant and steps into the new covenant, what you think that you have done to try to destroy the people of God, Jesus Christ is going to come on the scene and you're going to have to try to live by the own, your own law that you have made and you're going to try to cover yourself with, a, with, 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 your own, with your own sense of covering from the law that is never going to reach and cover your body. Of course he's talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. But to the modern day church, can I preach to you today and tell you that some of us have made agreements with death and with hell. And hell has intended to do some things against you and bring some things against you. But the Lord sent this preacher. He woke me up early this morning to come to this pulpit and look out at this congregation and tell you that when you put your com- your trust and, and, and you, you commit your life to the Lord, there is going to be some things that are going to be broken in your life. And the things that the enemy intended to, to destroy you with, he's going to have to deal with it because you're going to come out of what you went into stronger than you've ever been. You're going to come through it wiser. You're going to come through it more powerful. You're going to come through it more prayed up. You're going to come out the other side and the devil's going to have to contend with you now because God is going to reverse everything that the devil has used to try to destroy your home and destroy your family and destroy your future. But the devil's not going to win because the Lord said, I am going to reverse the covenant. I am going to break the covenant. I am going to come on the scene and through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, everything the enemy wanted to use to destroy you, God is going to use to to, to make the enemy miserable. Prophets, Isaiah's declaring under inspiration of the Holy Ghost the misery that God's people have been living in is about to come to an end. The covenant with death and hell is about to be broken. How can such a powerful covenant be broken and ended unless a new covenant is about to come into effect. Can I help somebody this morning? If you take your Bible and you open your Bible to the first book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, and you read through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuel, Kings, go on through all of the prophets and you get all the way over to the conclusion and then all of a sudden there's a dividing line in this book and that dividing line is where we shift from the Old Testament into the New Testament. That's where we shift from the Old Covenant into the New Covenant. The misery that God's people were living in, the misery that God's people were having to go through in the Old Testament. The Scripture is declaring that there is a new covenant. There is a new testament coming. And here's what one writer says, that no new testament can begin until the death of the testator. In other words, no new covenant can begin until the old covenant is brought to an end. 
That's why the Lord is declaring through the prophet Isaiah, there is about to be an end to the old covenant because the new covenant cannot begin in your life until the old covenant is ended. That's why old things must pass to pass away before all things can become new. Jesus sent me here. I'm preaching better than you're responding this morning, but I'm telling you today that the Lord is wanting to speak to a handful of people that has allowed devil, the devil to come into your life, has allowed the enemy to come into your life and speak lies and you have made lies your refuge and you have found comfort in your lies of saying this is the way it's always going to be. This is the way I've, this is how I'm always going to live but the Lord is saying if you'll end the covenant, if you'll break the covenant, if you'll break the old covenant, I will resurrect a new covenant. I will bring something new in your future. I will bring something into your future that is better than your past. The Lord said, such a powerful covenant cannot be broken and ended until the new covenant comes into effect. So, the Lord goes on and he says, behold, I lay in Zion a a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 45, he says it was a stone that was cut out of the mountains without hands. And the stone figuratively broke it, was, was, would come to break down every stronghold. I'm certain that the stone that he was prophesying about was the rock that followed them through the wilderness. Because all through the Old and the New Testament, you're going to find mention of a rock. And it's and in all through that rock, that stone that followed. It was the stone that destroyed the giant. It wasn't David. It was the stone that, de- that destroyed the giant. It was the, it was the rock that followed them through the wilderness. When they thought they could not, they were, they were murmuring and complaining because they were thirsty. It was from the rock that flowed the water. And it, we get on over, we get on over into 1 Corinthians and in the, the Apostle Paul about the 10th chapter and the 4th verse begins to tell us and that rock was Christ. He began to talk about that rock and he said the rock was Christ. He is the burden bearer. He is the covenant breaker. God is trying to, to persuade somebody in this house today that you have made lies your refuge. But I, God is saying I have reversed every ill intent that the devil has made on your life and your covenant with death shall be disannulled and your agreement with hell shall no longer stand because Jesus Christ came on the scene. God is saying in the middle of your impossible situation I am sending help by way of Jesus Christ. He is the mighty God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the great I am. He is the burden bearer. He is the lifter of your head. He is the addiction breaker. He is the soul salvation. He is my healer. He is my provider. He is my soon coming king. He is the great I am. He is the everlasting father. The old covenant can save you. Jesus can save. Under the old covenant, we're in a dismal situation. But the prophet is declaring, under inspiration of the Holy Ghost, but Jesus Christ is coming. Under the old covenant, hell and death had a grip on you. 
But under the new covenant, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Because under the old covenant, death and hell had a grip on you. But under the new covenant, we which are in Christ Jesus are no longer held to the captive law of death and hell. But now we have a promise. Oh, death, where is thy grave? Where, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? But thanks be to God who has given us the victory. And, and he goes on and writes and begins to tell us what's going to happen when the trumpet sounds that the dead is going to be raised incorruptible. And we which are alive and remain shall be changed and be caught up together. We didn't have that under the old covenant, but under the new covenant, we have a promise. And the promise is that the agreement with death and hell has been disannulled. It no longer exists. We now have a promise. We now, who had no hope, now have a hope. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. All things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And hath given us to the ministry of reconciliation. My Lord, have mercy. I need the strength of the Lord this morning. Somebody lift your hands and thank the Lord just for a moment today. Come on, lift your hands and thank the Lord. Under the old covenant, sins were rolled ahead. But now under the new covenant, he has reconciled us unto himself. The apostle Paul, the apostle Paul said in Ephesians, the second chapter, that at that time, in other words, under the old covenant, ye were Gentiles. We were without Christ. Being aliens, he says, from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise. Having no hope and without God in this world. And then he goes on to say, but, but now, everybody say new covenant. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off, are made nigh by the blood of Jesus. Now we have a hope. Your covenant with death and hell has been disannulled. And your agreement with hell shall not stand because now we're under a new covenant which we have a hope. And that hope is beyond this, this, this world in which we live. This is how the Apostle Paul explains it. He says, blotting out the handwriting. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. He says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances. That are against us. Can you see it? He's got a big eraser. And he says, blotting out. The handwriting of ordinances. Except he didn't say erasing the handwriting of ordinances. He said, blotting it out. There's only one way you blotted it out. That meant he took something and he dipped it in the blood and he blotted it out. Blotting out. The handwriting of ordinances that were against us. Which were contrary to us. You know what an ordinance is? It's a legal document. It's the agreement with death and hell. Oh, am I in the book this morning? 
When the Lord showed me this today, early this morning, the Lord started paralleling these scriptures and began to weave them together. And I began to see it so clearly that the Lord sent me to this pulpit today to tell you somebody thought your lot in life was destruction. But the Lord is telling you and declaring to you what you need is the blood of Jesus to blot out the agreement that you made with death and hell because there is a new hope, a new promise, and a new covenant. The old covenant's been disannulled. You thought you had no hope, but you can leave here this morning with a hope. You can walk out of here this morning with a hope because the Lord took the handwriting of ordinances that were against you and he took them out of the way and he nailed them to the cross. Now a path to God stands open. No wonder the psalmist said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? He said, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me because man no longer has a hold on me. I broke a covenant. There is a covenant been broken in my life. I'm trying to get through to somebody in this place today and tell you that the enemy is going to regret every attempt that he has ever made on your life, on your heart home, on your family, on your finances, because when you get a revelation of what I'm preaching about this morning, you're going to be bad news to the enemy. You're going to make him sleep in the bed that he made for you to sleep in. He's going to be trying to cover with the blankets that that was made for you, and you declare in the name of Jesus, he's going to have to warm himself. In other words, Satan is going to be miserable. The script's about to be returned. Be turned. You haven't received the, bo- the spirit of bondage again to fear. But we receive the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit beareth witness of our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. God is greater than anything that can come into our lives. Listen, this is what you must remember when all hell is coming against you. When you come out the other side of this, you are going to come out of the other side of this greater than you ever believed possible. Somebody's been living a miserable life. You've been laying in a short bed that the enemy has built for you. You've been covering with a narrow blanket that the enemy has, has ha, had made for you. And you feel like it's your lot in life. And you're going to have to live like this all the rest of your days because it's just your lot in life. But this morning, if you'll get a revelation of what I am preaching to you about today, I'm telling you, you can walk out of this place declaring, I'm getting up out of the bed of agreement that I have made with the enemy. I'm not, I didn't make this bed. The enemy made the bed and I agreed to lay in it. But I'm getting up out of this addiction. I'm getting up out of this torment. I'm getting up out of this depression. I'm getting up out of this mess. I'm not going to live here any longer. The enemy's going to have to live in the bed that he built. That The Lord didn't make this for me. The Lord didn't say this is my lot in life. God is greater than what the enemy has spoken over you. David stuck a dagger deep into the heart of our adversary when he said, Thou preparest a table before me. (laughs) 
in the presence. My Lord, I'm about to have a fit up here. If I had the physical energy to preach this like I'm feeling it right now, I'd probably be jumping over this pulpit right about now. But I want you to know the Lord, the Lord is declaring thou, thou has, David said, thou has prepared a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In other words, you what, what you have been afraid of in the past, the Lord is saying, I'm going to feed you in the face of your adversary while he's laying on a bed that he built for you. You're going to be walking through green pastures. You're gonna be, you're gonna be, your head's gonna be anointed with fresh oil, and the enemy's gonna be laying on a short bed, covering with a narrow blanket, while you're walking in the blessings of God. Because the curse that Satan has put on your life, God is declaring, I have broken it in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak it over some lives in this house today. You need to grab a hold of this message that I'm that I'm preaching this morning and declare it. This is for me. I'm not living like this any longer. When Isaiah wrote of these exciting promises of a time He said the eyes of the blind will be opened And the ears of the deaf would be unstopped And the lame would leap as a heart And the tongue of, a, of the dumb would sing And then he spoke of some other issues too And listen to what he said He said strengthen the weak hands Confirm the feeble knees. The same chapter he goes on to say to them of a fearful heart, be strong. And fear not what the enemy's doing unto you. When you made that agreement, you were naive. When you made that agreement, you hadn't experienced the grace of the Lord. You thought you had. But you hadn't really found the grace of God until you reached the point of understanding the grace of God is more than just to see you through it. The grace of God is to break what the enemy has put over your life and declare that you are going to live above it and the enemy is going to live beneath it. That's why you are the head and not the tail. Come on, I'm in the word of the Lord this morning and declaring to somebody today, the Lord is declaring strengthen the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees, lift up those that are without, lift up those. He said there is a path that the lion can cannot get up onto and there is a path that the ravenous beasts cannot climb up to there is a place of safety for the redeemed of the Lord this is what David is declaring Job said it this way there is a path that the vault that the vulture's eyes has not seen what is he saying in every one of these it is declaring there is a place in God that the enemy is going to have to look up to where you are but the lion there is a path that the lion cannot get up to there is even a path so great that the vulture's eye has never even been able to see it. The Lord is declaring to somebody today the enemy's going to have to lay in the bed that he built for you. You've been in the valley so long you didn't even know there was a mountain that high. But God wants to take you to a place that the vulture's eye has never seen. And he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For Thou, O Lord, has been a shelter to me. I'm trying to preach faith and hope into somebody's life this morning that has been under it, that's received the, the, the report of the enemy, that's declared this is your lot in life. This is where you have to live. But the Lord is coming this morning to say, I'm the lifter of your head. I'm the calmer of your storm. I'm the one that is going to speak peace into your situation. David says he will deliver thee 
from the noise from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and with his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for terror by night nor by arrow that flieth by day nor, nor the pestilence which walketh in darkness nor destruction that races by noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh unto thee because thou, O Lord, which is the most high of heaven, is my refuge and my habitation. There is no evil shall befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh unto thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee and keep thee in all thy ways. And thou shalt bear thee up in, in his arms, lest thou shalt dash thy foot against the, against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the otter and the dragon. Thou shalt trample underfoot. Somebody ought to give the Lord praise this morning because he's speaking a word that he's going to elevate you above your enemy. Oh, let's worship the Lord one more time. Stand with me, if you will. Even when Israel wasn't living right. Even when Israel had turned their back on the Lord. The Lord sent Jeremiah the prophet unto the people of God. Jeremiah the prophet says, I know the plans. That I have for thee, saith the Lord. I know the plans I think toward thee. Thoughts of peace, not of evil. And to give you an expected end. But Israel wasn't even living right. Yet the Lord sent Jeremiah the prophet to them to give them such a word. Somebody came today and said, well, that word is for everybody in the house that's, that's fasting and praying and walking where they need to be walking. But I'm, you know, I'm not doing too well right now. No, I'm talking to you this morning. The Lord is telling you, I've already broke the covenant that the enemy has made over you. I have already made a way for you. The deal is, is you're busy sleeping on a bed that was never built for you and covering with a blanket that was way too narrow for you. But today, if you'll declare in the name of the Lord, I'm getting up from where I am, I'm telling you the Lord will strengthen you. He will be the lifter of your head. He will take you to a place you never thought you could go. Why don't you lift your hands all over the room today and let's reach out to the Lord right now. Although you don't deserve it, the Lord is declaring, I'm going to give you more than you deserve. I'm going to do for you what you could have never done for yourself. If I've preached to you this morning, if you're one today that's been living far beneath your privilege, and you want to step from where you are, and you want to walk to the front of this room and declare, I'm not living under the agreement 
with the enemy, but I'm living above this because God says I can. That yoke that I've been carrying can be broken and is broken in the name of Jesus Christ. I dare you to walk to this room, throw your hands in the air and declare that yoke is broken off of me. I refuse to live this way any longer. In the name of Jesus. You wear the victor's crown. You overcome. You overcome. Every hot thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You overcome. You overcome. Every hot thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be Come on, let the, the anointing breaks the yoke. Come on, CLC. Why don't you find somebody to lay hands on and agree with this morning? The anointing can break some yokes in the house today. Don't pray for your brother or your sister like it's you that's been under that bondage today. Declare it broken in Jesus' name. 